Katerina. Make anyone cry today? Sadly, no. But it's only 4.30. You're listening to Movie Things with Lindsay and Gary. Season 2, episode number 11. And this episode's called There's Only 10 Things I Hate About You. That's quite impressive, given the number of years we've spent together, (laughs) that there's only 10. I'd imagine if you really thought about it, there's way more than 10. Well, only 10 have made the shortlist. Okay, 10 made the cut for today's episode. Indeed. (laughs) So this is our Valentine's Day special and the result of a listener poll that we've been running on social media. Yep, so this has been our second Listener's Choice episode. We put this film up against another 1999 rom-com. It was up against She's All That and this film, 10 Things I Hate About You, won by an absolute landslide. Yeah, this post went off. (laughs) I think when we ran this before in season one, we'd done Rosemary's Baby or The Ring and Rosemary's Baby was quite a clear winner, but there wasn't quite as much passion towards the two films as we saw in this one. Yeah, you guys love 10 Things I Hate About You. I was pretty shocked to me it's like an all right film (laughs) and i didn't realize that anybody was that passionate about it and i've been totally corrected now so i'm very i was going to say impressed there i don't know if i'm impressed a lot of strong feelings out there for 10 things i hate about you yeah so this is a comedy drama Uh, as i mentioned it came out in 1999 it was directed by gil younger and written by dynamic duo kirsten smith and karen mccullough who are the two writers that brought us Legally Blonde. The film stars, it's got a great cast actually, um, and it's a real platform for sort of emerging 90s talent. We've got Heath Ledger in his first sort of big American film. We've got Julia Stiles, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Larissa Olenek, as well as a whole bunch of other folk. You want to do a spoiler alert and then we'll get into the plot? Yep, I can't wait to get into this film, um, especially because we know that so many of you guys listening love this film. So before we get into all things, 10 things I hate about you, just to let you know we will be talking about the movie in quite a lot of detail. We'll be talking about some major plot points and also what happens at the end. If you've not seen this film, be sure to give it a watch and come back and join us. That being said, if you have seen it or if you're not too fussed and you're just happy to listen to us chat, that's cool too. Grab some snacks, settle on in and we'll get started. Have you got a snack for this film? Oh, absolutely. This film is set in Seattle, so it feels only right that it's got to be something from Starbucks. Aye, and given the the age of the cast, I'm guessing some sort of sugary frappuccino (laughs) effort. Lots of cream, lots of sprinkles. (laughs) This film is set in Seattle. Um, it's a loose adaptation of William Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. And it follows two sisters, Kat and Bianca, who are very different. Kat is a very fiery, fiercely independent um, girl and Bianca is basically the most popular girl at school. She's kind of the queen bee who all the, the boys want to go out with. Kat and Bianca's dad, however, is terrified of his daughters um, going out, socialising and getting pregnant. So they're not allowed to date. He adjusts the rules somewhat and decides that Bianca can date under the condition that she can only do it when Kat dates. Unfortunately for Bianca and for Joey and new boy on the block Cameron, our sister appears to be rather undateable, so enter the deal. (laughs) 
So Kat is very influenced by Daria. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's your interpretation. That's Daria's interpretation. not actually mentioned in the film nah, anywhere. Um, I just, if I had to pick like a cultural point, okay. that's it. She's um, very into Bikini Kill and she's got that sort of edgy tomboy angle absolutely nailed down. The introduction that we get to her character, she basically roars up in a battered vintage car blasting Joan Jett at the traffic lights and terrifying a, a car full of girls sitting opposite her. It's very Ronda Rousey, I thought, when we watched it. Like, because that's her entrance song oh, as well, it? like for UFC and the wrestling. Oh, that's very cool. And it's got a kind of similar look. So, yeah, I was getting that vibe. So, Kat's very angry. And when you take a step back, it's quite rightly all the men in our life are either pretty gross, if you think about the people at our school, or they frustrate her in some way. They clip her wings, they hold her back, or they basically don't take her opinions very seriously. She's angry at the world, uh, a feeling that a lot of teenage girls can probably relate to, while our, our sister just wants to go out with boys, basically. That's the one thing that will make her happy in life. Luckily for us, as the viewer, Cameron is starting his first day at their school, which gives us a really nice introduction to the high school landscape and the, basically the food chain. It's a strange school, clique-wise. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of extremely niche cliques <laughs> in this school. I think this is the first time I've seen like cowboys. Mm -hmm. There's the cowboys, the coffee drinkers, the Rastas. There's like a whole bunch of different tribes and groups in the school, which is obviously something that other teen films covered like afterwards. Um, it always makes me laugh though because my school was very much like bad guys on one side and then just absolutely every man for himself other than that. <laughs> There was no like really niche cliques nah. like that and I kind of wish there was. Yeah. Imagine when you're going through your wee periods as a teenager when you're like finding yourself mm -hmm. and you just spend a couple of weeks as a cowboy. <laughs> That's amazing. And how do you decide that it's just not for you? But imagine if you turned up dressed as a cowboy at a school in Glasgow, you'd be done for. Oh my god. Immediately Cameron is swooning over Bianca who is beautiful and in with basically what his new friend Michael calls the don't even think about it crowd <laughs> which kind of tells you everything you need to know. Cameron decides that he will be a French tutor to try and get in with her. But he doesn't know any French. Yeah that's the first kind of flaw in his plan isn't it? Uh, at that age though you do anything to impress a girl don't you? Mm -hmm. So let's talk a bit about the deal. Deal or no deal. <laughs> they draft in a guy called Patrick who's played by Heath Ledger yeah and the idea is that he might be as difficult as Kat mm -hmm. and he might be the right man then to tame her and take her on a date yeah and he's not very keen on the idea initially no so he's bribed with money that's the deal yeah so Joey who's kind of a hot shot has lots of money and does a bit of tube stock modeling on the side he's like Polly D but 10 years earlier <laughs> yeah he is uh, very popular and thought to be very good looking so he wants to take Bianca out so he basically pays Patrick to try and take her sister out because he knows that basically if Kat gets a date Bianca's allowed to date so that's the plan I mean what could go wrong what could go wrong and it never goes wrong when there's money involved in dates and films it's always swimming what makes me laugh is how much patrick's like painted as a bad boy at this point yeah it's great this, this is probably one of my favorite parts of this film <laughs> so there's all these like rumors about him kicking around school that he's just done a year in san quentin <laughs> <laughs> he's eaten a whole duck from beak to tail <laughs> he sold his liver for a new set of speakers he knows marilyn manson and he set a state trooper on fire <laughs> basically 
basically he's dangerous but the beautiful part is he like speaks like a learned thespian (laughs) (laughs) as soon as he opens his mouth you're like there's no chance any of these things are true he's also got that kind of teen drama thing about him where he he does look significantly older than the other other kids at his school see when he's talking to um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character in this it could be his dad like <laughs> they look so far apart age-wise yeah it's not just because he's like smoking and drinking pints <laughs> while he's talking to him either and he's just done that year in the clink <laughs> <laughs> that character really makes me laugh and in the most 1999 piece of trivia i could ever possibly wish to share with you okay heath ledger beat josh hartnett and ashton kutcher to the role that film would not be the same if Heath Ledger wasn't playing that part. Do you know that Julia Stiles' character was almost Katie Holmes? Wow. <laughs> so we could have had Katie Holmes and Ashton Kutcher. That would have been a very different film. That I'm guessing would not have got as passionate a response in a social media poll. Nah. I can picture Katie Holmes being quite nippy, but I'm not sure I can picture her being as feisty as Julia Stiles is as Kat. So Cameron and Michael decide to help Patrick find out a bit more about Kat. What she likes, what she doesn't like, because his attempts so far to get to know her aren't really working. There's also a bit of light stalking involved as Patrick tries to get past um, Kat's walls, her eye rolls, and basically her cutting remarks every time he tries to chat her up. It's funny though, because you think, because she's like sharp as a whip, you'd mm-hmm. think she would notice what he's doing a wee bit quicker than she actually does. Yeah. I would be so sceptical if I've just met someone and then they start appearing at the gigs I'm at, at the bookshop I'm at, at the guitar shop, whatever. Yeah. See, like, once you can say, like, cool coincidence, two or three times I'm like, nah, it's a bit much. For, like, a dangerous guy, though, he does come across pretty responsible in parts of the film. There's a bit in the film where they go to a house party, which I guess we should talk about the house party first because it's quite a pivotal scene in the film. But I always think the house party itself is just hilarious. There's so many kids dressed like investment bankers. They've all got blazers and shirts and ties on. And there's an amazing bit in it where I don't know where he came from, but there's, like, basically a butler with a silver (laughs) tray with shots on it. Like, who hired the butler? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this isn't a house party as we knew it, that's for sure. No, definitely not. There's a scene in it where Kat gets drunk and dances on a table um, and Patrick looks after her. And there's this kind of scene where she's drunk and she tries to kiss him, but he's like, you're drunk and I'm not and this isn't right kind of thing. And it's quite considerate. For a dangerous guy, he's went to the party, he hasn't had anything to drink. He's basically been her designated driver. He's took her home, he's made sure she gets in all right. I still don't know where this dangerous reputation comes from. I know. He's given us nothing. (laughs) Eventually they start to organically, through some wholesome activities like paddle boating and paintball, start to really like each other. (laughs) I can't thank you enough for helping me sneak out of detention. Very cool. No problem. (laughs) I thought for sure I was busted when I was climbing out that window, I tell you. (laughs) So how did you keep him distracted? I dazzled him with my wits. So what's your excuse? For? For acting the way we do. I don't like to do what people expect. Why should I live up to other people's expectations instead of my own? So you're disappointed from the start and then uh, you're covered, right? Something like that. Then you screwed up. How? You never disappointed me. 
It always makes me laugh that they go on such like lovely, friendly activities together, like going out on the wee paddle boat and playing paintball. It must have been great to have money. Because <laughs> was there just weren't options available to kids no, like us when I we think were young? Like... We just walked around the shopping centre a few dozen times every day. We also have the epicentre of every American teen rom com the prom. No, the big day. The big day. The day of days. <laughs> I always laugh at American proms and dances in movies. I wonder if that's what they're actually like or if this is just a sort of forced cinema. Do you wonder if they're as lavish as they are? Or? Aye, because again, going back to our experience, it was a kind of intense chaotic atmosphere that I remember from school discos. We were all standing in huddles waiting for it to kick off while there was just brutal dance music. Whereas in this... <laughs> I was going to say that, that real sense of danger dangling in the air. That's like, the main thing I yeah. remember is just pure tension. In American ones, they've all got lovely clothes on. They've hired a band. It's all very well organised. Mm-hmm. It's the complete opposite of my experience. And I wonder if that's genuinely what they are like there. Yeah, I remember in my last year of high school, we did arrange to have a prom. It was the first one ever in the school's history and loads of people were excited about it. But only about a dozen people actually went and it ended up being like... (laughs) You could just have hosted it in someone's living room. Oh, they totally could have hosted it in someone's front room. But actually they booked a hotel and I feel kind of bad because nobody went. You think that's just the pure influence of these type of films, isn't it? 100% was, yeah. So sticking with the school thing, there's a lot of scenes um, in their classroom. So obviously Patrick and Kat are in the same class and I'm a big fan of the teacher, Mr Morgan. Yep, so he is played by Daryl Mitchell um, and he's their English teacher and he's great. He, pr- I think a lot of the teachers in the film are great. The guidance counsellor who's writing some sort of erotic <laughs> novel when she's being paid to work at the school is really <laughs> funny. And then there's the PE teacher who gets shot by a bow and arrow, ends up taking the detention class and confiscates someone's Cheetos off them. <laughs> Mr. Morgan like doesn't look any older than any of the kids in the class that he's teaching. Yeah. But he somehow in a really short space of time managed to become extremely jaded. And he's just not there for the drama at all. No. Very funny though. Yeah. He's a good example of when you go to high school and you get one of those teachers who is very real with people and basically says <laughs> if you get your butt kicked I'm not going to stop that kid from doing that to you because you're kind of annoying me as well <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately at the prom Kat finds out about the deal she finds out that Patrick's actually being paid to take it out um, and she doesn't take it well obviously by this point Patrick actually genuinely has a connection with her uh, but at this point she's too mad to listen to his side of the story. It's actually done quite well in the film though because even though his interest in her is prompted by the deal, you never get the impression that he's overly motivated by the money or that he's just there for that. Mm-hmm. Like I always get the impression that he's taken a bit of a genuine like to her early. He finds it interesting, I think, because she's not like the So it's other almost girls. like the deal's just been the wee prompt. He's not really noticed her beforehand. The deal's mm-hmm. made him notice her, but it's not really about the deal anymore, like almost as soon as it's made. Never is in these kind of films. And a very typical moody teen response to getting upset at the prom. Cat spends her weekend sitting in the garden doing a charcoal drawing of an eye. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Daria. That, that'll show them. <laughs> Our class are assigned to write their own sonnets. She volunteers to read hers aloud to the rest of the class, which obviously reveals her true feelings for Patrick. She's not actually mad at him. There's just 10 things that she hates about him. Yeah, but the main thing is is that 
What she, she hates, doesn't hate him at all. What she hates the most is the fact that she doesn't hate him. Do you know some of the things that she does hate about him though? I kind of hate about him too. <laughs> like what? <laughs> his hair and his combat boots. <laughs> How dare you? That's what I like about him. <laughs> <laughs> so after her outpouring of feelings, he buys her a guitar, they make out and a band plays on the roof. No, we can't skip over that guitar. This guitar winds me up. <laughs> okay. Why is it always a white strap? I mean, I guess I can see your point in Wayne's World, it was a white strat, wasn't it? It's literally the most boring guitar in existence. What, what, what would you prefer that she... Anything. <laughs> Just anything. Anything. It's so dull. Plus, there's another wee element that's not naughty tier, but I think from the deal, he's maybe made about 400 bucks mm-hmm. total. Mm-hmm. That strat's worth about a grand on top of that. Yeah, in the film, it's kind of painted as if it's just a couple of hundred dollars as if he's used the money he's made from the deals Mm. to buy the strat there's no way he's put like a fair bit of cash on top yeah see like i feel like he should get the credit for that i've called out his hair and his combat boots so i'm gonna even that off by saying fair play for putting your money towards our guitar fair enough but you could have picked a better one for her i see where you're coming from this film's peppered with teen film cliches but at the time it was all fairly original stuff and that's what we need to remember. This film's 20 years old. It's scary to think that, isn't it? Because I do remember seeing this. It wouldn't have been, this isn't the kind of thing I would have went to see in the cinema, I suppose, but I would have seen it maybe two years after it came out. Okay. I don't remember thinking it was cliched at the time. It was nah. kind of just your standard. But there's a few things in this I like that are quite different. I mm-hmm. like that Heath isn't like your normal leading man. And I quite like that yeah. in this sort of film. Like, see, when you think... He's meant so, to be a bit of a burnout, isn't he? Aye, well, this was up against She's All That and Freddie Prince Jr. is your absolute archetypal leading man in this sort of film in this era. Mm-hmm. I like that Heath's a bit different. Definitely. This film came out when I was in high school, as did a lot of team films, but this one really stood out. I think it's because it is smart and it's funny and it doesn't shy away from a lot of things. It doesn't shy away from the fact that being a teenager and trying to figure things out can be totally mortifying. And I I quite like that and they do it really cleverly and I think that's probably because you've got the same writing team behind Legally Blonde, which Mm -hmm. is really clever as well. They're obviously just very good at at what they do, but I like that this isn't just your normal jock goes after goth or vice versa type thing. Like It's a wee bit more nuanced than that and I kind of like that. Because it turns out that the guy that is meant to be the heartthrob, the guy at school that all the girls are swooning over, He's actually a bit of a jackass. And he gets his comeuppance. Yep. You've got your kind of cast of characters. Cameron's like your underdog. He's the guy that ends up with Bianca, even though he's kind of the most unlikely one. You've got Bianca, the girly girl, Patrick the rebel, Joey, the sleazeball, and Kat, the kind of angsty, fiery, feminist one. So again, all those kind of characters now are definitely seen as being quite cliched. But at the time, like that mix of characters is quite original. If you're watching it at the same age as the people in the film, then you're probably thinking that there is someone in there for most people to relate to. Definitely. There's also a lot of really good quotes in the film. Um, (laughs) One of my favourite quotes is actually at the start when Bianca's talking to her pal and our friend's asking her, I know that you can be overwhelmed and I know that you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? (laughs) I think I've spent most of my life just being whelmed. (laughs) It sums me up quite well. (laughs) 
You've mentioned the soundtrack and I think that that's definitely worth noting as well. This film is filled to the brim with excellent pop culture stamps. The music, the clothes, like the, even just the activities that, that the kids do, like going to gigs and all that kind of thing. It feels like a film that's been made in 1999. Like I think that they've got it spot on. It's a wee time capsule for sure, it isn't is. it? Watching it, like it is quite a nostalgic watch, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because they've not went too far into the cliches, so... A lot of the characters are quite caricature but they're very funny. But they're not over the top. Like I was saying before, it's not as simple as like jocks and goths. Everybody's like a wee bit more detailed than that. It's not quite as easy to just stick them under those headings. Definitely. Like a lot of films that came out like around about that time, Julia Stiles' character in it is very unique. She's not the girl that takes off her glasses and suddenly she's hot. She doesn't actually change and that's like what's quite refreshing about it is that Patrick likes her for being her. He doesn't try and tame her and he doesn't try and change her like in any way. Whereas in a lot of these other films, it's all about the makeover. Like she's all that. Yeah. <laughs> so I keep mentioning that because that's obviously what this was up against for our listeners vote. But if I remember rightly, that literally is she takes off her glasses and comes down the stairs and everybody's like, oh, wow, she was really hot who's, all along. Who's that? It's like the pure Robin <laughs> effect, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, it's, it's difficult for Kat to be manipulated by any of the conditions of the deal because actually she just kind of stands by whatever she wants to do at that given time. So it's not as easy just for Patrick to say, let's go out on a date and her just to fall into line with that. Yeah, and there's a wee extra detail to the relationship with the sister, eh? Because the sister starts off liking Joey Mm -hmm. and Kat's actually got a bit of history with Joey. Yes. But she kind of lets her sister try and work through that and learn her own lesson herself which mm-hmm. i think is quite interesting yeah she's not just straight up saying like this guy's awful He's stay away news. yeah she kind of tries to let her in a roundabout way learn that herself um, and only steps in when she feels like she absolutely has to yeah but that's what's then prompted her decision to then be her own person and not like try and follow the norm for high school and sort of social constructs and everything is because she's had a bad experience when she was younger mm-hmm. and she's decided from then forward that she's just going to suit herself. Exactly. Which we can appreciate. Definitely. I think as great as Kat is and as good as Julia Stiles is, this is 100% Heath Ledger's film. I think they play off each other pretty yeah. well. Like I was saying earlier, I love that Ledger in this isn't your normal leading man looks-wise no. or whatever, or personality-wise. But that's what makes this film, this isn't my genre. But I, I find this totally watchable, mm-hmm. and I think he's one of the main reasons why. Having those two as your two main characters is what makes this a wee bit different from it your does. run-of-the-mill rom-com, yeah. which there's an absolute ton of from this period. Absolutely. He's very charismatic and he's very easy going but he's also really vulnerable like the way he puts it all out there in the can't take my eyes off you scene you're just too good to be true can't take my eyes off of you you'd be like heaven to touch i wanna hold you so much at long last love has arrived and I thank God I'm alive You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off of you In a lot of these films, there's a grand gesture. 
Um, you know, if you th- if you think back, standing to, outside the window with a ghetto blaster, exactly. Someone has to make a big gesture to let the other person know exactly how they feel about them. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just me, but I think one of the things I find likable in the characters, the two main characters in this, is they're not trying to be likable. No. And like Heath isn't trying to be cool in this. See when he comes out and he sings this song. It's the goofiest thing ever. Yeah. And when he's dancing about on the kind of stands as everybody's watching him sing, it's terrible. But in a really endearing way. Yeah. Which is different because, again, go back and comparing it to other films at the same time, the main leading man in it Mm -hmm. would have been painted to look super suave, super cool, super desirable. And that's not what they do here. No. He's dressed like a bit messily. He's falling over. He's like running about. Apparently a lot of that scene was improvised. It looks it. Yeah. And (laughs) um, Julia Stiles' laughter is quite genuine in it because apparently she didn't really know what he was going to do. So I've got a wee question for you. Okay, good. I've got a question for you. It's probably the same question in it, but let's go. What song would you want someone to sing to woo you? <laughs> someone? I'm singing nothing out. That's long gone. That's in the past for me, but just a mythical someone. Hmm. It would probably just have to be a Prince song, wouldn't it? You think? But how bad is that going to be? Imagine somebody coming out in the school trying to hit the falsetto. An absolute disaster. Yeah. There's not looking cool, but I mean, Heath picked fairly singable song. You can't expect a guy to come out and do Prince. (laughs) For me, it's not so much about the song as it is the gesture. Okay. (laughs) Still not doing it. (laughs) If you're interested, I would probably want something by Danzig. Okay, I'll get learning that. I'll get on that as soon as we finish recording. (laughs) Work on your gribble. (laughs) No problem. One more question then. What's the perfect Valentine's movie, given that this is our Valentine's special? I mean, if our listeners had anything to go by, this must be one of them. <laughs> Set unrealistic expectations. I've not got Heath Ledger's hair and I'm not going to sing in front of a whole school, so... And you need to really do some digging to find your old combat boots. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no chance I could do a year in jail. What would your perfect Valentine's Day film be? I don't know, Razorhead or something. Oh my God, you've already, <laughs> already put me through that. It's a trial. It's <laughs> <laughs> if you make it through this, you're a keeper. <laughs> Maybe that was my grand gesture to you. You just didn't know it. <laughs> See, that's a wee lesson for our listeners is sometimes the grand gesture happens and you don't notice. That doesn't mean it wasn't there. <laughs> facto time. Yeah, I'm dying to hear what you've come up with for a facto for this. <laughs> Let's go back to something you said within like the first minute. Okay. So Kat's best friend in the film is named Mandela mm-hmm. and she says that she's involved with Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. But she's not actually the only one in the film with a fixation on Shakespeare. The whole movie is based on and littered with references to the English writer. The story of 10 Things I Hate About You closely follows a classic work of Shakespeare's titled The Taming of the Shrew. And if you see the two titles fast enough, they kind of sound a wee bit alike too. Okay. <laughs> you're, that, look, you're looking at me like I'm supposed to I, do that. Not that that's a fact or anything. Many of the characters' names are derived from the play. Heath Ledger is Patrick Verona, which is based on Petruccio, the protagonist from The Taming of the Shrew, who was born in Verona. Kat and Bianca are named after the two characters in the play, who were Bianca and Katharina, and their surname is Stratford, in reference to Shakespeare's birthplace of Stratford-upon-Avon. The name of the high school is Padua, which is a city where the play is set, and the film actually contains a direct quote from the play when Cameron gives it the old I burn, I pine, I perish the first time he lays eyes on Bianca. 
Which is a bizarre thing mm. for a kid to say. And a few moments later, his new friend Michael has a run-in with Kat and I think he does say, or just like another encounter with the shrew. <laughs> he does. Just to finish off my fact home, my favourite reference to Shakespeare is when Kat's teacher, Mr Morgan, raps a Shakespeare sonnet. In faith I do not love thee with mine eyes, for then thee a thousand errors know. But tis my heart that loves what they despise, who in despite of you is pleased to dope. That is pretty impressive None of my teachers were anywhere near As cool as that teacher And that's also a sentence I never thought I would say on a podcast And if you're interested The particular sonnet is Sonnet 141 (laughs) Good on you Mr Morgan So what would you rate 10 Things I Hate About You? I've given it a 7 out of 10 Nice It's nice and quick It's like a very easy watch Mm -hmm. I think the characters are generally either likeable enough Or enough of a caricature that they're quite funny Mm -hmm. It's very, 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 very of its time And I wonder a wee bit what it would be like for the generation after ours to watch this I know what you mean, like for us obviously it was very fresh because it was released when we were in high school. It all makes sense because I think we are probably ages with the people in the film Mm -hmm. as they're depicted. Like I mentioned a few times, I really like that Heath isn't your generic leading man in this type of film and I like that they don't try to go too heavy on the heartstrings. The story plays out and you have that wee moment of drama where they get together but then she finds out about the deal. But they'd wrap that up again pretty quickly because they do clearly have genuine feelings for each other and they don't drag that out over the, like, they don't pine for each other from a distance for, like, months on end. It, it gets wrapped up pretty quick and I appreciate that. So. I mean, buying her a sweet guitar is going to do that. <laughs> it's the way to anybody's heart, but again, not a white strat. <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> what have you rated it? I actually gave it a 7 out of 10 as well. Wow. I think that this film is a really fun watch and it's held up well after 20 years. It's got a really likeable personality-filled performance from Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles, as well as the rest of the cast as well. Obviously, the kind of 90s grunge rock soundtrack's very fitting for its Seattle setting and it's paved the way for lots of other teen films where a bet or a deal is placed. I mean, God, you can think of probably about a dozen off the top of your head. That kind of arrangement set up all goes a bit pear-shaped, but everyone is happy in the end. That sounds really schmaltzy on paper, but I think a solid, sharp script that captures how crazy, difficult and, let's face it, daft teenage life can be really sets this film apart. So it's a strong, strong seven, I think, that for its genre, it's an excellent film. Plus there can't be many of these type of films with that much of a dash of Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so 7 out of 10 from both of us Definitely, so we hope that if you took part in the vote And whether you voted for this movie or not You've really enjoyed um, this episode And it's maybe inspired you to give it a watch So if 10 Things I Hate About You is your ideal Valentine's Day film Or if you have any other suggestions You can actually hit us up on social media and let us know Yeah, let us know what song you would want to be wooed by as well <laughs> Are you Prince or Danzig? <laughs> can hit us up at movie things pod on instagram and twitter and if you're enjoying the show tell your pals yeah tell your friends to come and give us a listen and it would be great if you could leave us a little review wherever you're listening we do appreciate it magic so that's our show that's us done for valentine's day uh, we it's ho- been romantic it's been so romantic <laughs> we're recording by candlelight mm-hmm. and i just nudged a, a meatball across a plate towards you like in the style of lady in the tramp i'm not sharing my spaghetti though <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening guys and we'll see you in the next episode.